Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to The Dungeon Boys, a group of seven friends telling a story Dungeons and Dragons style. This is the recap of the first 11 episodes of our story. For those of you who are just tuning in and want to play catch up quickly, for those of you who haven't really listened in a while, and for those who simply enjoy recaps, this was made for you. A few disclaimers before we begin this awesome recap of events. The Dungeon Bullies podcast and all related content we create is intended for mature audiences only. Content warnings can always be found in the episode descriptions. And we are not professional voice actors or game masters, but we do put a ton of heart, time, growth, and passion into this podcast and adventure. And we really appreciate people like you taking the time to listen, subscribe, rate, and just hang out with us on any social media platforms. With that being said, we shall begin the first part of this story. Stardust Echoes. Our campaign is set in the homebrewed world of the Adial system, a star system made up of 10 planets and two suns. Our journey starts in the year 4999, and the Adial system blooms with life, culture, magic, and technology all these aspects coexisting together and terraforming the system our characters have come to know today. Each planet in the system holds its different laws and customs, but the star system as a whole is governed by a group of eight individuals called the Council. It is due to the Council that the system stays safe and remains at peace today. Our space expedition begins with an invitation sent to five distinct individuals. Lord Grayson Valwyn Cato, eighth in line to House Cato, the half-elf ranger, and future dragon rider of Moss. Temple, the peacekeeping warforged unit on his way of mercy as a monk. Six, the babecat tabaxi rogue, bounty hunter, and former assassin. Valen Glempt, the winged tiefling warlock, an architect who prized secrets from ancient ruins and keeps some for himself. Katal Torash, the golden dragonborn barbarian, phenomenal pilot and trainee of the prestigious Valsam Nautical Galactic Race. This party of five was recruited by Commander Gallowood and Lieutenant Ative Westways to investigate the pulse of a faint beacon coming from the planet Tarrant 19. The dead planet. Because Tarrant 19 has laid in a strange state of being dormant for nearly 2,000 years. Anyone who has ventured to this planet has not returned, and there have been no signs of life until now. The team all agrees to the mission. They were given new equipment, spacesuits, and a recorder bracelet which snapped onto Temple's arm for documentation of their mission. After getting familiar with their new ship, the Ripple, and the ship AI unit accompanying them named Jagalda, the team took flight to Tarrant 19. Whilst on their way, however, 
they found a kobold stowed away upon their ship named Pants. Oh, oh, I have cards for this. I have cards for this. Wait, 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 wait. Hello. Wave. My name is Pants. <laughs> I am from planets Sorix956. I am in search of an adventure and to find life long friends. Pleased to meet you. Shake hand with newfound friend. You have to be fucking kidding me. And so our sixth party member came into the fold. Pants, the blue kobold artificer. Mechanic and tinkerer by trade. And is truly just a little guy looking for new friends in this big galaxy. Upon arriving to the outer atmosphere of Terrant 19, the crew was met with a field of debris orbiting the planet. As they slowly weaved their way through this wreckage, they noticed there were ships in this floating mechanical graveyard from every era. As Taurus tried his best to pilot them safely to the planet's surface, a space leviathan-like creature ensnared the ship and started ripping it apart, eventually throwing the crew to the planet's surface. Put into quite the predicament, the party made the decision to stick to the assigned mission and to continue tracking this pulse beacon, while also looking for the parts to fix their downed ship. Pants did some calculating and was able to conclude that the ship needed a minimum of 10 Odin crystals to self-repair and leave the planet. With the two Odin crystals they had that survived the crash, they began the hunt for an additional eight in the wilds of this forgotten planet. Whilst exploring, the crew met a strange half-elf named Terowin. Terowin welcomed them and explained that her father had been kidnapped by space pirates, and she had been abandoned to this planet to make rare elixirs and potions to give the pirates to help earn her father's freedom. The party grew immediately fond of Terowin and offered for her to come with them once they got off the planet. She agreed and started to prep, leaving the team to find the beacon. After a full day of travel through the hills, watching the two suns dance and wane over the plains, the team stumbled upon a group of fawns and fairies having some sort of picnic. This was very odd as this planet was supposed to be abandoned, and this was the second encounter with intelligent life. The bizarreness of the circumstance made the team wary, but as they saw an Odin crystal in the crown upon the lead fawn's head, they went to intervene. The fawn challenged them to a group of games, holding his hand out to shake Grayson's. Grayson, being the chief security officer, took it upon himself, and while gripping the fawn's hand, felt a surge of magic. The fairies and fawns turned into imps and demons as flames sprung around the crew. You know, you fell into my trap almost too easily. There are so many things that gave it away. But still, I'm grateful. I can't wait to see you again, Grayson Cato. Until next time, boy. 
The entire fiendish group disappeared with a flash of magic, leaving only one trace they had ever been there. A tattoo written in Elvish crawled up Grayson's arm, stating that he owed this demon prince named Tarith one favor. Frustrated, the group pressed on. They eventually came to a large cave that went deep into a mountainside. They delved in to discover a cavern with multiple Odin crystals and the long-awaited source of the pulse beacon. An old AI unit sat deactivated and pulsing with the beacon signature. They successfully were able to activate the unit, discovering it was a system AI memory unit for the Harper's Guild. The system AI memory unit, or SAM for short, urged them to take its memory files and learn the truth of the star system and the council. After quick deliberation, Temple hooked himself to the unit and began to download as much information as he possibly could. Temple learned that the council was not who they claimed to be. Using a natural occurring wormhole every 2,000 years, the council was secretly amassing large military units to invade neighboring systems and steal technology and magic. Almost 2,000 years prior, the Harper's Guild had built a technologically advanced cannon fueled by magic to be aimed at the wormhole to close it. As the Harpers had finished the cannon and were about to launch its magic and power to close the wormhole, a tabaxi assassin stole the cannon's power source, leaving the Harpers with nothing to fuel the cannon. And in a last effort to close the wormhole, the Harpers made the decision to use the cannon anyways, planning to sacrifice themselves. They underestimated how much power the cannon would take, and the cannon ended up draining most all life and magic from the planet Terrant 19. The wormhole had been closed, and the council was not able to genocide another star system in the process, but at a terrible cost. The cannon has now been split into eight pieces and scattered to who knows where. The AI unit Sam had known the location of a piece called the Tracker, which is able to locate the other seven pieces of the cannon and happened to be along the coast of Terran 19. The group confirmed that they would find this tracker. With the new knowledge, a heavy secret upon their shoulders, and a decision to make in the near future. I barely trust any of you, and yet we are all here together, and if this information leaves this planet in any significant way besides the five of us, there's no telling how many people it will affect and how many people will die because of it. The caves proved to be eventful as they ran into rare mushrooms, a hellhound and her pup, and some rowdy goblins and kobolds. And after an emotional confrontation, Six walked away with a small hellhound puppy that she instantly bonded to. Look what we found! There were puppies. No, absolutely not. Grayson, if you shoot this, I will castrate you. <laughs> I will not shoot it, but I'm going to insist we leave it here. No. It is a wild animal. She's our baby! We named her! Her name's... Her name is Inferna Jones. Oh, God. With their new puppy in tow, the team found their way to Terrawind's hut, where were met face-to-face with space pirates. After a tense confrontation with the Smiley Pirate Gang, 
the crew learned the truth that Tyrone's father had been deep in gambling debt with the pirates and had traded his daughter for payment. The leader of the pirates hadn't had the heart to tell Tarwin and had kept up the facade ever since. After tense negotiations, Gracie made the rash decision to start tearing apart a magical flower that Fanton had needed, costing her over 800 credits in the process. She aimed her blaster at his head and told them to leave before her crew killed them all. The party left with Tarwin in tow, their second stowaway upon this mission. After some reflection, the group received a distorted distress call from the coast. Since this is where they were headed anyways to get the tracker, they decided to investigate. After finding and exploring a sunken spaceship, they found all but one of the remaining Odin crystals, and had yet another encounter with the demon Tarith, who had placed the mark upon Grayson's arm. Kill you? No. Watch and see what kind of heroes the council had chosen. Watching and not helping. I wouldn't want to take the fun out of things, MT1. Clearly. <laughs> Remember, little Kato, just hold the tattoo and say my name. The team split up. Pants and Temple stayed on the shore to make improvements to Temple's warforged body. Six stayed with them and convinced Pants to take part in a mushroom trip, or a guided meditation, as Temple called it and experience some of the finer moments of life. Meanwhile, Grayson, Torash, and Valen headed to the sea caves where the cannon's tracker was. They eventually came upon a cryo-sleep chamber with a human inside, in ancient-looking armor. And as Grayson went to touch the side of the cryo-sleep chamber, the human's eyes opened. Well, you've done it. You are now officially caught up to episode 12 of our first campaign, Stardust Echoes. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Go ahead and take a skedaddle over to social media. Check us out. We are at The Dungeon Boys, spelled B-O-I-Z, where you can find fantastical art, win some loot and some fun giveaways. And just be a part of this phenomenal, growing D&D nerd community that we've started to create. And if you really want to dive deeper in our show, we also have a Patreon where you can become a part of the show by getting DM insight videos, additional art and videos, blooper reels. Heck, you can even name an NPC or create a magical item. Go check it out. We appreciate you and hope that you enjoy this adventure with us. Cheers.